Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast Storage Sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast Storage Sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hey, hi, hello, welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode one. Episode one. It's a whole lot of episodes. Almost the 200. Another nine episodes and there's 200 of these things. How are you? My name is Vince. Hello. I hope you're well. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, I was going to talk about Fallout New Vegas 2 right away, but I want that view retention, so I'm saving it for the end. That'll be after lore. I, uh, I just, heads up, I think I have a bit of a sinus infection going on, so I don't know if my voice is going to sound a little wonky weird. No, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on. I don't really get sick ever. I drink a lot of water, so I just, I don't know. I usually have decent skin, at least on my face. Unless I'm touching my face a lot when I'm bored. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Like I said, I have a little bit of a sinus infection. But I had a really, really cool weekend last weekend. So I have a friend who works at this place called Woodward. It's in Colorado. It's like three hours from me. And I've been up there before. Cool guy. Cool place. He works in this like um, – this. it's called The Barn. And – you, there's like trampolines and you get to do flips and there's like a skate. There's like two or three. No, there's like three different skate sections in there and like professionals come in there. I met a dude who like tried out for the Olympics, but like didn't get in for a silly reason. Um, and the whole reason I went up there outside of just to see my friend is that a professional skateboarder was coming to uh, film like a session there. Now, I think I've talked about it before, my friend. Uh, his name's Chris, who lives up there. Uh, here's a clip of him hitting a nollie tray flip. That was great, wasn't it? Hell of a guy. Uh, if I have any of the footage from the event that I went to, I'll use it as the background here. I don't know if I do just because I haven't put any on my laptop yet and I haven't converted it from AVI to MP4, which is a process that I don't remember how to do. This professional skater comes up, Andy, Andy McDonald or Andy Mack, right? So I'll be honest. I don't know everything about skateboarding. I know who Anthony Hawk is. Uh, I've played a couple of his videos, James. Uh, I know certain people. Like, I see certain people that go, oh, that's that guy. Like, I know who Paul Rodriguez is. I know who Terry Kennedy is. Uh, I mean, I know the jackass guys. But, like, that whole part of growing up was really big for me, even though I don't know everybody. Just hanging out with dudes who's... The reason I listen to hip-hop is because of the skater kids I hung out with. I didn't gravitate to the punk stuff. I gravitated to the black punk stuff, which might be reductive, but whatever. So this guy comes up. He has won 
Let me, let me, I wrote it down. Hold on. Let me see. Andy has won the World Cup Skateboarding Championship nine times, and he has competed in every X Games since its inception and holds 23 medals for the X Games. And if I read it correctly, or actually, I'm sorry, if I remember correctly from a podcast that I watched, that's uh, Tony Hawk's podcast called, I believe it's called Hawk vs. Wolf. I listened to it um, getting ready for this. Uh there was like a thing back in the day with the X Games that it was like Andy McDonald, Tony Hawk, Andy McDonald, Tony Hawk. And then there was like, there's a rivalry in skateboarding. And both of them were like, no, we're buddies. <laughs> we're homies. Like it's – he does it. I do it. We both do it. We're both top of our top of our um, skill level Johnson. So my buddy calls me out there and I filmed for my buddy before. There's a little edit that I put together. I don't think I ever did anything with it. I just edited it just so I had it. But, like, the dude comes up, super cool guy. And I, what I like about him is he's a completely, like, straight-edge dude. If he drinks and smokes, he doesn't make it part of his appearance. And I really, really like that because it's, you know, you got to do it for the kids, man. You got to be a positive role model for children. Like, I don't I'm not, I don't like, if you, if you smoke reefer, you smoke reefer. It's legal in half the states. It's medical in the rest of them. Or it's decriminalized or we're getting there in the U.S. at least. That's fine. I don't care. You want to smoke weed, smoke a little weed. That doesn't bother me. Alcohol, I don't see a purpose for. And I like that he shows kids, hey, you don't have to drink or smoke to have fun or be cool. The the area I come from, there was a lot of nothing. It was a lot of you drink, you smoke, and eventually that might lead to pill addiction. I don't want to get dark on you. I'm just giving you my experience. So I like that he's a positive role model. Always wears... Uh, always wears a helmet, wears knee pads when necessary, which I feel like if you're going to skate a giant bowl, you should have knee pads because you're going to fall. Um, I feel like your arm can take that better than your knees because your arm, like if you fall on your, 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 is this your, no, this isn't your forearm. What is this? This part of your arm, like the, the elbow to the shoulder. Cause I, I can't think of what this part of the arm is called. Anyway. Dude comes up, incredibly professional, incredibly nice. I said, what's up? Because I had my camera. He like passed me. He's like, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, man. And I was like, I'm going to film a little. He's like, tight. He's like, you just knocked your camera over. I was like, it's not a big deal, man. You know, I don't have that recorded. I wish I did. He gave me a bump. Actually, hold on a sec. I didn't have anything on me. <laughs> um, I didn't have anything on me for him him to sign, or I didn't think I did. Turns out I did. I just didn't think of it. So I went up to him like, yo, man, would you sign my dollar? <laughs> So, let's see if it'll focus. If you can see that, if you're watching on video, that's Andy McDonald's signature on a $1 bill. <laughs> so, I uh, got some footage. I'm going to I'm going to print out a photo from the video I took and kind of frame that with it. And what's really cool is he gave stuff out to everybody. And like let me let me let me just hold on, let me just wind back a little bit. This watching Andy McDonald skate was pretty much watching somebody. The dude's like 50. He's, he's uh, sponsored by Vans and Vans turned 55 this year. This is a dude who, if he's not 55, he's like 53 and has been skating his entire life. And what we watched of him skating this bowl was a professional who has dedicated his life to some. That's the thing that I was impressed about the most. How we watch someone who has dedicated their life to one thing 
and has become so incredibly good at one thing and shared it with us. Yes, he was paid to do it, but you know, he was, he was a good sport about it. There was kids there. He skated with the kids. He ran doubles. He actually, he did a, um, I can't think of what kind of a grind it was. He did a grind over a kid and, uh, the kid like went under him. It was super sick. I, if I could find the video, cause it should be on their website, it should be on Woodward Copper's website. Uh, I'll probably play that of all the highlights. There was also this dude there named Sam, who was a f- ripper, bro. He, did this transfer that was so incredibly hard. It was like the one thing he did all night. And this dude fucking ripped. I filmed him. There was a point where he couldn't get it. And he and I was like, dude, what's wrong? He's like, bro, I'm just being a little bitch. I got to get over it. I'm like, I believe in you, brother. I believe in you. And he's like, do you? I was like, bro, I believe in you more than I believe in my marriage. And he just kind of laughed and kept doing it and kept doing it. And he finally gets it, right? And I told the dude, I was like, bro, I filmed all of it. I'm going to send you a little edit of it, this and that. So he hits this transfer. And it's crazy. Like, if you really look at it, I I don't know if I have footage of it. Like I said, I got to see if I could transfer it all. But he hits this. And when he hits it, like, he's like 14, 15 feet up and comes down. Hits a rail, uh, the coping, and then he's like, dude, the entire place went wild. Andy McDonald just started handing him shit. He gave him a helmet, he gave him some wheels, uh, he gave him like a, st- a big brick of stickers that I shit you not must have been four inches thick. He signed everybody's stuff. I got a hat, a drawstring bag, a patch, a Vans wall, a Vans hat, Vans bag, Vans wallet, bunch of stickers, Dude was incredibly nice, incredibly professional. And, and like, I looked at my friend Chris and I was like, yo, sometimes being alive is really cool. And he goes, yeah, it is. Not all the time. And I said, no, not all the time. But sometimes it's super dope. And this is one of those moments. It was super cool. I hope I have some of the footage. I do have about an extra day to edit. So maybe I'll pu- I'll just say... You know what? Fuck, 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 fuck. I'm going to stop being a little bitch. There will be footage of the event. I don't know how much of it will be my footage because I, I took probably like an ah, 40 minutes worth of footage, but it's all in like maybe at most a minute long clip because, you know, one run, like my buddy Chris hit it, that kid Sam, who was the ripper, hit it, Andy would hit it. Like it was a whole thing. It was super cool. I got to hang out with my buddy over the weekend, slept on a floor, made burgers in a tiny ass room. It was super tight, super cold, beautiful, beautiful place that I got to spend the weekend. And I got to see a friend who I haven't seen since I pretty much graduated high school. Uh, I got to have dinner with her and my buddy Chris. We got to catch up. It was just super, super nice. It was one of those times where being alive is super, super cool. Now... This is incredibly hard to transition out of. But for some people around the globe, right now is not an incredibly awesome time to be alive. I want to talk a little bit I want to talk a little bit about Ukraine. Now, I don't know anything about the history of Ukraine other than and I'm probably wrong when I say this, it became officially rec- it became a, an officially recognized country after the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991. Outside of that, I feel like I know nothing of the country. I don't truly understand the conflict. But what I do understand is that it is Russia, this, I don't want to say big bad, but a very large country with a lot of power, a lot of nuclear power, 
going up against the small country because they believe Putin believes that Ru that land belongs to Russia. I don't know the ins and outs of this, but I do know that people in Ukraine right now are fighting for literally fighting for their lives. I know that's like a meme that we say nowadays, but they're literally fighting for their lives. If I could find the picture, it'll be up, it'll be up behind me. I saw it on Reddit, so that's where I've been finding a lot of my news about this. This couple was supposed to get married in a few months, and they didn't know if they were going to be alive in a few months. So they sped up the wedding, and they said, let's have the wedding right now. And in a bunker or in a small chapel, I don't exactly remember. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, and I apologize. They had a priest or somebody, an official from an, a religion, come in, ordain their wedding, and then that very night, instead of going on a honeymoon, they picked up rifles and they went to go defend their country. The things that I've read about their president, who I can never pronounce his name correctly, is inspiring. He is the son, or I'm sorry, the grandson of people that escaped the camps, as far as I know, if I read it correctly, escaped the camps during World War II from an oppressor, from someone who came in and said, this is my land. I believe they were Polish. I could be wrong, again. But to see somebody who so truly, truly cares about their country, their, their land, where their family lives, where their people lives, is something that I don't feel like is truly, truly echoed here in the States. <laughs> I, I said to my friends, my one friend messaged me, he goes, what are you going to do if there's... If there's a draft, if this becomes a world conflict, if this becomes World War III. And I said, I'm changing my name to Muhammad Ali and I'm going to Canada because I don't feel like I feel the way about my country as the Ukrainian people feel about theirs. And that's for a myriad of reasons. And I know someone will say that, oh, you're, you're selfish, you're small-minded, this and that, and call me what you want. But I don't understand the conflict. So why should I fight in a conflict I don't understand? Just because my country says we need people. I don't believe in that. That's just me. And I don't, I don't want to make this about politics. What I do want to make this about is how inspired I am from these people that I get to watch this through Reddit. I mean, just today, the recording of this, March the 2nd, Russia took a major city in Ukraine, and as much as I love Fallout, and I love apocalypse fiction, and I love, like, Adam Punk stuff, I don't want to live in Mad Max. Like, I do not want to live in Fallout 3. And I'm very scared about that, honestly. And I think it's okay to be scared about the time we live in. I think... I was actually having this conversation with my mom. I said, make sure you have some peanut butter and some ramen and beans and rice, maybe a little electric stove cooker or propane one, just something small. Cause you'd never know. And I feel like as someone who has, I don't want to say a voice cause I don't, I'm, I'm just a guy with a microphone. Like I'm not special, but as someone who talks to people around the world, uh, by the way, if you're in anywhere outside of the States, Join the Discord and let us know what your experience is. Because in the States, even though we're such a large landmass, we sort of are just an island unto itself. And I feel like so much of the world's issues are not fully understood in the U.S. because we're so big. I think we're like 450 million people. Um, in the Discord, again, join the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. I believe it was Lamp who was telling me that for him... 
to drive from tip to toe of the entirety of England, the UK, no, England, is like a five-hour drive. When I lived in Pennsylvania, for me to go see Olive from Pennsylvania, the northeast Pennsylvania to north New York was five hours. So it's very different a world we live out here. There, There's so many different ideologies. It's such a big place. There's so many people. I want to know how other people feel. If you can donate to whatever is going on, great. But it is hard. Inflation has risen by like 20-something percent. I get it. People can barely afford to eat and live at this point in time. If you can help, that's great. I'm not asking anybody to do anything. But there's a lot going on in the world, and it's a scary time. It's a very, very scary time. Like I was saying about when I was talking to my mom, make sure you have some provisions Make sure you have something to protect yourself. If you're in the States, you get a gun when you're like six. It's just, here you go. Here you go, Tim. You have a shotgun. Like, that's just how it works. But I know a lot of other countries, they don't have that. I don't want to say liberty. I don't even want to say freedom. (laughs) But, like, they don't have that option. Make sure you have a big stick, something. Like, just make sure that you're ready. Make sure you're prepared. Because it could go tits up at any moment. And that's the scary part. Because... What if we get attacked for something we had nothing to do with? What I mean, and that's like the whole theme of the Fallout games is like greed, man, evil. This is what happened when money. This is what happens when money gets put in favor of human lives. But just remember that if you need someone to talk to, join the Discord. <laughs> I'm not trying to use this as a way to promote myself or shill or whatever. Join the Discord because I... I'm a person who loves other cultures. I love other people. I'd like to know other people's perspective on the world. I used to play video games and talk to people and be like, hey, man, I like your accent. Where are you from? And they would be like, oh, I'm from Germany or I'm from Norway or I'm from anywhere else in the world. Ukraine, somewhere. And I'd be like, cool. What do you think about the president? What do you think about the U.S.? How do you feel about what's going on in the world right now? Just I want your perspective. I'm one person out of eight billion There has to be someone who thinks exactly like me, and there has to be someone who thinks the exact opposite of me. And those are the people, not the people who think like me, because I know what they are going to say, I guess, but people who don't think like me. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know your perspective. I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope you guys are well. I hope that this isn't as scary as a time is it for others. I, I hope that we can come together in some way. And even in this small community that I have fostered, we could come together and talk about our fears about what is going on in the world. I joke all the time and say, ah, you know, what we got eight years left on the planet, but like it's getting scary. And as far as I know, they haven't updated the doomsday clock yet. Uh, if I remember correctly, we're like two minutes to midnight. I, I will double check right now. At Doom's doorstep, it's a hundred seconds to midnight. That's a minute and 40 seconds, right? Yeah. It was up. Oh, well, I mean, it was updated in January of 2022. It's a hundred minutes to midnight, which sounds like a great album title. <laughs> or I'm sorry, hundred seconds to midnight, which sounds like a great album title, but like. It's, it's mutually assured destruction is mutually assured destruction is what scares me. You send one, we send them all. There's a lot of people 
that are in Russia that are not a part of the military, not a part of the government, and probably don't want this going on. Last I read, um, Robux, the fictional money for Roblox, was worth more than one ruble. And as of today, uh, one ruble has fell below one USD. One penny of USD. It's one of the biggest economic collapses ever. They've taken Chernobyl. I hope you guys are safe. Again, don't panic. Things work out. <laughs> and I, I just... I don't want to give you false confidence. I don't want to just spew a rhetoric that I don't even understand. But, like, things will be okay. They might... I, okay, I'll end on this. Because I've been kind of going for a minute on this. The way I like to view things is hot sauce. If you have you ever watched Hot Ones, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before. If you ever watch Hot Ones, Sean Evans says when asked, "Man, how do you do this week after week after week?" And he goes, "The worst it's ever going to be is right now. And 10 minutes from now, you won't even remember that you had the hot sauce. You might think about it 30 minutes down the line, but and that's just kind of the way I look at things. I'm going through a rough time. If payday is 10 days away and all my bills are paid and I'm a little short on cash and I still got to eat. I just go, all right, it's hot sauce. I will get through this. Another hard thing to segue out of. Hey, hi. Gotta thank the Patreon real quick. Thank you to the Patreon because of you guys. I continue to do this and I have the love and support from you. To thank the Patreon, we got to stop at the tippity-tippity-top with the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, we have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. And after Danny, we have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least, I accidentally messed up last time on the video portion. I apologize. Thank you, TP. Again, I accidentally put TB, like tuberculosis, and I didn't mean that. TP, thank you. Like I said, because of you guys, I continue to do this. This program is brought to you by viewers like you. Thank you. Today for the lore, uh, I did what I always do. I went to the Discord, and I have the sinus infection. I was out all weekend filming a professional skater and my buddy skate, and hanging out, gooning about, not gooning in the new term, gooning as in like me and the homies like acting a fool, not like gooning, the internet sucks, <laughs> gooning about, and uh, I've just been tired, and I totally forgot reading about Crimea and Belarus and Russia and like all these countries that I can barely pronounce anybody's names, so I just went, look, one to 10, thinking of a number one to 10, first one to get it. And it, oh, every time it takes like the last number, but it was picked by Red Conquer. Now, Red's been in the Discord since for a very long time. Like, I want to say like episode 15, uh, maybe like 30 something, a very, very, very long time. I think like since we made it shortly, like after whatever. Hi, Red. Thank you. Red picked Alistair Tenpenny. Now, normally when someone says 10, like red said 10 penny and 10 penny tower, normally what I do is I pick one of those. Like I'll normally do, okay, let's see what the history of 10 penny tower is. Let's see what the history of Alistair 10 penny is, whatever. Alistair 10 penny's background is like two sentences max. 
That's it. So I did Tenpenny and the Tower. So if you want to hear any lore in particular, make sure you join the Discord. There's a link in the description below. Join the Discord. Once a week, I ask a question. First person to get the question right picks this week's lore. And this week's lore is on Alistair Tenpenny and Tenpenny Tower. Now, this is quite literally what is on the wiki. Like, I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. Alistair Tenpenny spends most of his day on the balcony shooting at what he calls the Wasteland Safari. Sometimes he's visited by Mr. Burke. Sometimes Susan Lancaster comes and visits him as well. That's literally it for his background. Nothing about him being from England. Nothing about what he did. Nothing about, like, nothing. That is it. And I know, I know we shit on Fallout 3 for not having the most well-developed characters. But... This is sick. And not good sick. Not like, hey, hit a 540, hey, sick. This is bad. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Like, it's not even a full, it's not even a full page of my notes. Like, I'm, I'm like upset about this. I, I, like, I don't ever read a character schedule because a lot of the times it's like, you can find the character in this hall. And then maybe you can find him out by the front gate. And if you're lucky, pop, 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 pow, and they talk to this person and that's it. But I wrote down his schedule because there was so little. Uh, he never leaves his penthouse, even though he, he states that he has a seat reserved at Margaret Pemrose's cafe. And every day he orders from the cafe to his room uh, one guanabit sandwich, no salt, and a peeled pear. Where are they getting pears from? I mean, I kind of know why. I'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, it's one of the few places in the wasteland, Tenpenny Tower, to have fresh water uh, and electricity from the metro, which I'll get into a bit later. But, like, I could see them growing fruit. I could. I'll give them the pass on that one. There's actually more – I feel there's more in the tower about Tenpenny than in Tenpenny's own article on the wiki. I'm not here to complain about the wiki though. If Tenpenny is to be killed, his head guard Gustavo uh, is to take over running Tenpenny Tower. Now, if you do the – you got to shoot him in the head quest, which is arguably one of the best quests in Fallout 3. It's fun. It makes you travel. It's indicative of old zombie flicks. Uh, even Crowley says that to you. He's someone I'd love to do lore on. The people of Rivet City will talk about it, but only if you shoot him in the head. There's a couple quests that involve Tenpenny, the power of Adam, where you can have the option to blow up Megaton. You got to shoot him in the head from Crowley, like I was saying prior. Uh, Tenpenny Tower, the quest line where you can give power. Well, hold on. You can allow the ghouls to enter peacefully. Uh, very upset by the end of that that quest the first time I ever did it like five years ago. There's a video where you just put a bomb. The guy puts a bomb in Roy Phelps's. He gives him the shady sh sand shuffle and puts a bomb in his pocket. And I just always did that. I don't know why. Just because I saw it in the video. So I never did the quest line. So I finally did the quest line. No matter what you do, they take over and it's <laughs> gruesome. Hey, you do get that sweet mask. Uh, there's also a hidden quest, an unmarked quest called Slave Hunt, where you find out that Mei Wong was originally owned by Tenpenny. He is one of only nine named characters in the base game to have very evil karma. So behind the scenes in Fallout 3's Afterthought feature, Emil Paglarelli, Paglarulo, I always say it wrong, I'm sorry Emil, mentions Alistair Tenpenny in that he traveled to the capital wasteland from Great Britain in order to seek his fortune. 
Emil states that by mentioning small details about the state of the rest of the world, characters like Tenpenny can serve as a catalyst for the player's imagination. But that is then hit with a non-canon little briefing, John. Uh, the exact quote is, Alistair Tenpenny came to the capital wasteland from Great Britain to seek his fortune. So that alone tells you that the UK also was also hit in the war. If he came to the US to secede, that says a lot about how screwed up Europe, Europe must be. So we just allude a little bit to the state of the rest of the world. We like to leave a lot of the player's imagination and somebody like Tenpenny serves as a catalyst for those thoughts. I don't think that's lazy. I don't. I want to know more, <laughs> but I get why they wouldn't talk about it more. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's lazy at all, actually. I think that's actually... Now for Tim Penny's tower. The tower was a resort pre-war. There is a now ghoul whose name was Michael Masters who used to vacation at this resort prior to the Great War. And uh, he was a pretty known i guess famous is the word i'm looking for but i don't feel like it's right he was a he was a scientist who was well known pre-war and said that people came to this tower to this resort these were all well-to-do people these are people with money like these are people with disposable incomes upon disposable incomes that like their kids 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 don't have to work by 2277 tenpenny has has total control over the tower and only lets in the most well-to-do people. Tenpenny claims that as soon as he saw the tower on the horizon, he knew exactly what he had to do with it. So he hires a bunch of people to fix it. They fix it as fast as they can, and these people later became his security. It's not said directly, but it's somewhat alluded to on the wiki and in my notes that it was Gustavo and Mr. Burke who were in charge of this and helped out with this and later became people that have the positions that they have now. Like I said prior... The water in the tower, I'm not exactly sure how they're getting it. I guess they still have pump systems. Um, it is more of a city where, I, where I'm from originally. There was well pumps. And well pumps are, say, 100, 2, 3. The deepest I've ever seen was 1,000 feet down. And it pulls water out of the ground. If they have something like that, and they have electricity, and their switches haven't gone. <laughs> My dad was a plumber, if you can't tell. <laughs> um if they can make this work, the water is non-irradiated. It is kind of far out of a blast zone. There are ghouls not far by because of the metro station. But that same metro station that's there is the same grid, essentially, that they're on, that they're pulling power from. Growing up, I was near, um, not far from a huge, huge gas station that was near like a major highway and everyone around us would lose power except for us because we were lucky enough to be on that grid. So I would have friends with no power and we'd have power. So just like in an apocalyptic scenario like this, the word of salvation travels and it travels quick. So people flock to Tenpenny to try to get him. But Tenpenny being the curmudgeon that he is, the old fuck for lack of a better term, doesn't let anybody in unless they have the appropriate amount of caps or they're this hoity-toity well-to-do bourgeois people. Because of this, and because of Roy trying to get, get in and Michael Masters being part of Roy's group, um, his, his, his clique, his affiliation, because of all this, and they want to get in, Gustavo has been put on the mission, or he took up the mission to take out the ghoul problem. And Mr. Burke, who everybody meets in uh, Megaton, who introduces you to Tenpenny later on, if you choose, he says that he wants to take care of the eyesore that is Megaton. 
There's a couple things I want to talk about Tenpenny Tower real quick, like the interior. Again, all my lore off of the Fallout Wiki. On the interior, there is the Boutique La Chic, Café Beaumont, the Federalist Lounge. Tell me how my uh, tell me how my French is. Gustavo's Armory, New Urban Apparel, and the Wellness Center. I like these little. I don't know how to explain it. Like I like these small little vignettes of life, like little stuff like that. Where the where the fuck did they learn French? Yeah, I know they're well-to-do people. They could have been well-to-do people. They could have been people that weren't as well-to-do to become enclave people, but still well-to-do enough to the point where, like, you know, maybe some of the shit got passed down. Maybe there's a couple Dumas running around. Whatever. I don't know. Still, uh, Bouviers. Shout out to the Simpsons and Kennedy's wife. Herbert Daring Dashwood lives here. There's some cool stuff you can get here. There's a Lion Congressional style. Uh, there's a love letter. There's tales of a junktown jerky vendor. There's duck and cover. There's a lot of fun stuff you can get here. You can get tenpenny suit, the ghoul mask. After completing Broken Steel, raiders outside of Tenpenny Tower will try to ambush the Brotherhood of Steel members transporting water, and they will respawn every three days. That's fun. Mister Burke will live at Tenpenny Tower even after the ghouls move in if he has not been killed during the Power of Adam. That's awesome. Asking the gate. To the building to be opened through the intercom and then fast traveling may cause the gate to stay open, eliminating the need to open it every time the town is visited. That's really funny because I remember more times of me having to open it than not because it was weird that I had to come back and be like, yo, open the gate. This is one of the tallest buildings in Fallout 3 and the lobby also has its own unique music. It's possible to survive a jump from the side of the building if one uses vats with a melee weapon on an enemy at the bottom. It'll teleport them to the ground and they will take no damage. That's super tight. The pool table in the Federus Lounge is almost completely clean. In an interview with 1up.com, Emil Paglarillo, I'm so sorry, dude. I'm not good with names. Confirmed that Tenpenny Tower was slightly inspired by Fiddler's Green, the skyscraper in George Romero's Land of the Dead. In one of the hallways in the third floor suites, there is a tricycle, which is a reference to the infamous Come Play With Us scene from The Shining. Cool. The Shining, uh, the hotel that the book was written about, is like five hours from me. That's about everything I have on Alistair Tenpenny and Tenpenny Tower. That is lore. So, now for the part that everybody's going to want to hear me talk about. If you've been here for a while, or if you like Fallout or New Vegas or whatever. <laughs> let me get, a, let me get a, a shot of me for the thumbnail real quick. Hold on. Fallout New Vegas is I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't want to come off on this one as a negative. I don't think it's going to happen. Here's why. I just watched the Mr. Maddie Plays video about it. Again, I've been watching Maddie since pre-2299. I really want to talk to this dude on this show. I don't think it's going to happen. He says in the video that uh, Obsidian... Uh, let me let me actually get let me get the the article let me get the article that I saw this from before I say anything. Now, I follow a fellow named Atomic Wolf on 
uh, Instagram, and he posted this from Andy Robinson. Fallout New Vegas 2 is reportedly in early talks at Microsoft. And then after that, this is very early, but people have begun talks and say these words in sentences, and these words are Obsidian and New Vegas 2, Grubb said. We're talking years and years away. There is at least an interest and conversation happening about making something like that actually a reality. Now, Maddie, Matthew, Matt, says in the video that I'm, I just watched before I started recording, and I didn't even think of this, and I think this is a really valid point. Josh Sawyer is currently working on something independently. I think. It could be with Obsidian, but I could be wrong. They have Avowed. They have Overgrown, I believe it's called. Um, I don't know if they're involved with the new KOTOR remake, because I think they had something to do with that in the first place. Anyway, they have a lot on their plate. Microsoft bought Bethesda, bought Zenimax, two years ago, a year ago, for an obscene amount of money. Like Disney money. It would be dumb of them to not do anything with their purchase. It would be dumb of them, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm echoing Maddie's video, but it would be dumb of them to just have 76 and just go, here's 76, here's 76, here's 76. Here's this game that last I heard on Twitter, which I don't know if that's super reliable, but I heard that the numbers for 76 were starting to dwindle. But that's any live service. That's any game, let alone any live service game. The only time I've ever heard of a game having more numbers than the day it came out is when The Witcher show came out and more people started playing Witcher 3 again. Now, I'd love to see this happen. But this is very, very, very early talks. Let's say Bethesda breaks up teams, right? Let's say they have a dedicated Elder Scrolls. They have a dedicated Fallout. They have a dedicated Starfield team. Starfield comes out this year. Expect... Elder Scrolls, if COVID hasn't f***ed it, expect Elder Scrolls to come out, let's say, 2025, 26, Fallout 5, 28, 29, around there, maybe 27 at the earliest. There's also some, I wasn't, there was also leaks that they might remaster 3 in New Vegas, but I feel like that happens every six months. And from what I understand, most of the team at Obsidian that worked on New Vegas is no longer at Obsidian. Chris Avalone has said on Twitter that he knows nothing of this. If Josh Sawyer isn't directing, I don't know. I, I want, I want, don't get me wrong, I want to. Like, I understand that New Vegas is arguably the best Fallout in the series. I love Fallout 3. Fallout 3 is my favorite game of all time. I got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine copies. Wow, why? Damn, okay, I got nine copies. Okay, seven. I have two DLC packs that are physical, whatever. Nine fucking cases that contain a copy of Fallout 3 to my right. Not even uh, a meter for our, our European friends. A meter away from me. I love this game. I do understand that New Vegas has great writing, better writing. It has, uh, I get it. I get why people want to see New Vegas too. People want to see what happened to the Mojave afterwards. They want to see this. I get it. I understand. I don't think this is going to be something that we're going to see in four years. I don't think this is going to be something we see in six years. I feel like this is something that we're most likely going to see if we see it in 10, 20, 
13, 14, 15 years. I don't think we're going to see this game anytime soon or ever. I think to remake, to remaster is the way to go. Or, you know what? Maybe this is a dumb idea. Remake, remaster, make new DLC for the old games. Why not? If you could remake, remaster, put it on an engine that's a little bit better than, than Gamebryo or whatever that, or the creation engine, whatever it's called now. But you can add to New Vegas. Maybe hire some of the people that were on the writing staff for New Vegas and say, hey, what other stories could be told? Add a post game to New Vegas so you don't just have to stop at the Hoover da- at the Hoover Dam battle. Have like a little patch that goes into it. There's a lot of things that can go into this. I don't think adding to remaking a game and then adding more cool shit to it is a bad idea. I really don't. But if you're gonna make a definitive edition, you're gonna make a legendary edition. Don't do what Rockstar did and castrate half of it. You 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 don't lose half the songs on the radio. If anything, you add more. You, you add this, you add that, you bring everything back. You make it bigger and better. Don't fuck with it too much. Up the gunplay, up the graphics. Maybe you had more guns. Add better customization. Imagine Fallout 3 with Fallout 4's customization of weapons. Think how crazy that would be. Just, I don't think we're going to see Fallout New Vegas 2. This decade. Because I don't, like, that's the thing. I don't want to say we're never going to see it. Because, like, the generation we live in panders to nostalgia. It's been like that forever. There's no reason why we need a Mandalorian show. There's no reason why we need a Last of Us show. We don't need a Fallout show. We don't need a Bioshock movie. But this shit is hella cool. And it's preying on our nostalgia. And I, and I when I say prey, I know that sounds... Uh, Negative, and I'm not trying to sound negative, but I'm saying like, you know, why are they remaking Mulan and Pinocchio? <laughs> Has anybody seen that new Pinocchio trailer? Father, when can I go on my own? Polly Shore is my f-ing hero. But like, why are you making a live action Pinocchio? Why are you making all these? Because it preys on nostalgia. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. It, it's up there with pussy, bro. Like, it's up there for the worst drug on the planet. Nostalgia and pussy could kill a man. But, like... I don't know. I don't think we're going to see it. I really don't. And I feel like if we do see it, the number one thing is it's been hyped up and talked about and speculated for such a long time. Most people are going to be disappointed because of that. I feel like that's what happened with Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk didn't come out as a good game as far as I saw, but because it was so hyped up and went through so many different changes, it just became this thing that was so inflated that you couldn't be happy no matter what they gave you. They could have given you the keys to Eden and you would have been like, eh, well, you know, I thought the, uh, thought the 2015 footage was a little bit better. See, they patched, uh, they patched the Apple, which I wouldn't have done, but like, you know, Little things like that. I want to know what you guys think. Join the Discord. Link in the description. Link to my Twitter too. Did I, am I good? Link to the Twitter too. My Twitter, the show's Twitter. Tweet me. Tweet the show. Let me know what you think because I'm genuinely curious to what everyone else thinks about this. I want to be positive about this and say it's coming. We're gonna get it. It's only a matter of time. I don't know. I've thought for the past two years, four different times, we were getting remakes. We're at least like a switch port of three in New Vegas and nothing. So I want to be skeptical. I want to be hesitant. 
I want to make a wise choice and decision. I want to see this. Don't get me wrong. More Fallout is good. I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Let me know what you think. Thank you for being here today. If you've enjoyed the show and you like our intro music, it's by Shane Ivers. You can get it at silvermansounds.com slash free music, where you can find the intro song Feather Duster, along with a slew of other hitters. Like I've said many times throughout the program, there is a link to the Discord. There's a link to my Twitter, the show's Twitter. I believe Papa is down there, too to the patreon if you want to support thank you i love you there is also a red bubble where you can buy a design do some stuff check us out on youtube you could get us anywhere you can get a podcast i hope you're well i hope you're safe hope you're mentally well do something fun do something creative i will see you next week thank you for being a part of my life and everybody else's i'll see you then bye everybody Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Goulman Entertainment Production. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.